Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And hey, we're in the Heights today. We are. We are at Truth Barbecue here on South Heights Boulevard, and we are joined today by Leonard Botello and Mr. Corey Taylor. All right, gentlemen. So it's been um, a long time coming um, to get you guys sit down and slow down and kind of be happy where you're at to talk a little bit about what's been going on and um, getting everything from back in 2015 from the little place that could in Brenham, you know, very quickly rose to the top, top 10 on Texas Monthly. Um, then moving into a building like this with five, five pits and just, just such a complete different operation than what was going on in Brenham. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of transition and, and really a, a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about when you, when you made the decision that you were going to open a location in Houston. Obviously, you knew from day one with the size of the building that it was going to be a bigger operation. What were, what were some of the challenges you thought you'd face versus what you've actually faced? I think that, I don't know, there's so many. Like, Burnham, Burnham's great because it's a smaller building and... It fills up a lot faster, and the line gets longer. And it, it's like a, to be able to create that over there here was a kind of a, a big fear, especially like the size of this building. Like that's kind of big shoes to fill, and especially in a city that's not Austin, uh, because they those people will line up for whatever in that city. Houston's a little bit different culture. Uh, hey, hey, Houston, they're lining up at In-N-Out Burger now. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's so true. you're saying they should have opened a burger joint. <laughs> Could have gotten some more sleep. No, the, the the transition is just between that and like creating the same atmosphere and being able to bring the same quality of food here. I mean, that's a big jump. It would have been different if we went from one pit to two or three, but it was kind of a swing for the fences kind of thing, and we we're like, screw it. And, and now we are a year in, and how do you think you've met that mark? I will tell you that now that we have been open like for five years, this is the first time that I've ever sat down during service to do anything. <laughs> so that's a big accomplishment. This is literally the first time I've seen Leonard sitting down while his business was open. One important and we're at the end of the day, too. Yeah, it's not like we're... Right. Oh, yeah, we, we didn't show up at 11 and, and say, hey, Leonard... <laughs> But you, you made a really important addition really early on in Truth's history and you're bringing Mr. Corey Taylor into the operation. Yeah. I just don't think they could get rid of him. No, he just starts showing up every day. He's not allowed to leave. <laughs> and now he can never leave. It all started with ribs and brisket. And it just turned into this. And I think uh, we had high expectations, obviously, coming here. But uh, Houston is, like Leonard said, it's a different city. People have different expectations here. I mean, they, they don't understand sold out. You know, what the hell does sold out mean? You know, you guys got to find a better way to operate a business than that. And they just, they just don't understand that, you know, briskets take 18, 20 hours. And we're cooking 60 briskets plus all the ribs, plus turkey, sausage, everything else. And everything has to be spread out a certain way. And, you know, we're doing what we can, but that thing that's been the biggest change from coming from Brenham, just the expectations. Um, 
you know, it's, it's been a whirlwind. We've spent a lot of time here trying to get things right, trying to create something new, something nobody else is doing, you know, offering our place up for, you know, private parties and different events like that. So it's been a challenge, and I think we're getting where we want to be, but I still think, you know, there's always room for improvement. And, and you know, like Landon said, every day is a challenge, and, you know, the people are the biggest part of this. You know, Brenham, it didn't take that many people to staff it. Here, it takes a damn army. I mean, you know, from dishwashers and bushers to all the preppers, you know, meat trimmers, you know, Leonard's not trimming meat anymore. You know, there's just too much going on. You know, just to the different guys working the pits, you know, the different guys, you know, tending the fires, you know, the amount of stuff that the bakery's doing. I mean, it's, it's just absurd. And, you know, so I think that's the biggest change that we had to, you know, get a hold of but you know I think we're getting there now and that's definitely one of the things that made true so unique from the beginning was there was the full menu experience that you offered from the sides to the meats to the desserts and again as you talked about it's not just scaling up cooking more brisket it's cooking more cake and cooking more sides and trying to you know work with holding times of different different sides and challenges that have gone along with that but one of the things that anyone that's known Leonard for a while would tell you is Leonard wants everything to be as good as it possibly can be at all times and is obsessive the right word to say about that maybe how how was it letting go of a little bit of it which you eventually had to do because of an operation the size you physically can't do at all it's still difficult you got to find the right people that you can trust honestly like you said it's people uh and people that want to be here and want to grow and want to represent the same things that I want to represent um, and that's why that's why we named it truth originally I didn't put my name on the front door because it wasn't just me doing it so many people it's like I told Corey the other day I'm good at cooking I can't roll up 35 people I'm not good at that he's way better at that than I am. <laughs> uh, it's just it's crazy there's so many there's so many moving parts and, but, but you have a you have a dedicated crew that's been here for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, like a lot, a lot of long-term yeah. employees that were here from Brenham and, yeah. and yeah. now we're in both we locations. We still try to we all rotate into Brenham, and we have some new guys in Houston that have been here since the beginning. That I um, mean, Reed's Reed's one of them on the ribs. I, I asked Reed last night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "How oh, it's daylight savings or not daylight savings? We're springing forward." Corey called me. I need to get there earlier. He's calling from the bar. <laughs> Let me remind you, he, he got off the rib shift, went to go to, to a crawfish boil, and then he was going to go home sleep for a little while. I don't know how he does it. Uh, and he was like, so what time do you think I need to be there? And I was like, Reed, you're about as good as, your guess is about as good as mine because I don't know how to do this spring forward thing. And he was, I was like, well, we're still going to have brisket guys here. I was like, do you want him to get the ribs started for you? And he was like, blank, no. Do not let them touch my ribs. <laughs> so there's only, I mean, you can't. He, just, people, he cares. He has that people, passion yeah. for it. And that's, you know, that's lacking in a lot of places. Yeah, there's a. You know, he has a certain expectation of what these ribs should be like. And just like Leonard, and, you know, people always ask me, man, why is Leonard always here? I said, because he fucking cares. Excuse the French. That's all right. You can curse him. You know, he, he cares. And that's passion. He wants it to be a certain way. He's not half-assing anything. And that, you know, that's what brought me here. You know, and I tell Leonard all the time, people, I said, guys, I gave up having weekends off to do this. 
I lost my mind. My wife's like, you were doing what? But I said, that's what keeps me here. I want, you know, to be challenged and to go to the next level. And so, you know, this place challenged me and it drives me. And, you know, of course, I love barbecue. Everybody knows that. But, you know, just being around something like that and just something that this is cool. And, you know, just having the new stuff across the street and a big, huge H-E-B with all that stuff on it, you know, and the big trendy voodoo donuts just opened up. So, you know, more people are seeing it and they're kind of coming. But, you know, going back to the passion, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. And he cares so much. He's like, no, don't, you're not touching my stuff. No, because everybody knows he's the rib king. You know, he's the guy here doing the ribs. And so I thought that was kind of special. <laughs> it's, it's good to find people like that and, and to be able to let go enough that, you know, you're not the guy on the ribs anymore. Yeah. Um, that, that's always tough. As you, as you expanded and grew, you know, something as simple as barbecue sauce, you're making batches of it when you were making probably bottles of it before. Yeah. Is that any difficult to, to scale up? Any of, the, any of the sides of the recipes that you've had to increase? Not when you have the right people. But those right people are one for every 100. So that being said, it takes time to find those people. Those people like, well, Reed just walked in the door. But that was, that's different. Reed and a, a handful of these other guys, they just walked in the door from, from day one, the guys that are still here. But, I mean, it's a process of, of finding the people that see that nobody's going to look at shit the same way I look at it or the same way Corey looks at it or the same way my father looks at it but our goal is to find people that want to stand next to us and look at it almost the same like it is theirs and I um, tell people like yeah. all the time like I want I want people that want to grow with me I don't want to stop at Truth Barbecue you know I didn't want to stop man I'm not going to I'm not saying I want to open another Truth Barbecue but I don't want this to be the only only thing I want to make this thing great and go on to another thing and give people here opportunities to see other things as well so truth crawfish truth crawfish and, crawfish and fried chicken <laughs> hey we'll have to call barbecue lou for that <laughs> the possibilities are endless yeah, i mean the restaurant is. industry obviously the turnover rate in the restaurant industry is enormous and the fact that you've got you know such a core group of, yeah. of people that have been here i mean because the truth was a family operation from day one yeah. and and the people that have been here may not have Batello as their last name, but yeah. they've kind of become part of that Truth family. That's that's whether that's Reed on the rib shift or Daydrian who's been here forever, yeah. or you know the guys that have been part of your crew for a long, long time. Talk a little bit about this building and kind of what what made you decide to to build this the way that you built it and have the aesthetic. Because obviously you're not going to put a a tiny little shack the size of Brenham, you know, here in the Heights. So what went into the design and the, and the construction of this building? Well, the original location, man, where was it at? But I, I really wanted, was where the, it was over in the area where the original Beavers was at. But there was no parking. Every, every place in Houston has zero parking. I mean, not zero parking, but I mean. It's a challenge. The yes, whole Heights even, area is a challenge. Yeah, when, we behind. used to park on the, on the side street here, is it Yale or the one next yeah. to Yale? And yeah. now that Voodoo Donuts is there, everybody's lined up there. Yeah. there. It's just parking. And then I knew before we got in here, they had already put in the plans for the H-E-B across the street. Um, so we had got wind of that. Uh, and we heard it was going to be two stories with living and everything. So it was kind of like... This has a lot of parking that's going up across the street. And plus, this is an area that I wanted to be in. This is my favorite area of Houston. I just feel like this is 
it's far enough from downtown, but it's close enough to downtown. It's kind of just in the right vicinity to it, everything. It's surprisingly like, easy to get to. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we come down, I, I come down 45, I guess you come down 59. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a straight shot at 59, yeah. and, and, and I you, you know, right you, there. You turn on the heights, and it's just a few blocks, yeah. and you're here. It's not, it's not as bad as it seems sometimes. Um, it, it's easy to get to. I know that that um, you talked about parking spaces when you were looking for this place. You mentioned the number of parking spaces, and and Andrew did some some research. And uh, yeah, and, I, I, th yeah, I think we messaged Leonard and be like, "Hey, we're going to do a pop up at 110 South High School, yeah. <laughs> and this is before you'd announce the location." Hey, I'm sure you're ready to beat us in the head for that one, but <laughs> but yes, they, it was a long road to, to get this place open. The, yeah. the, the stories are legendary. Well, that's why you don't want to ever you don't want to tell anybody when you're opening. I mean, that's same thing. This happened with one of my buddies in California. I'm not going to mention who it is, but you don't know what's going to happen. No. And I didn't want anybody. I've I've heard so many horror stories of people not being able to open in Houston. I, like I knew that those offset smokers were going to be a pain in the ass. So I didn't want anybody to know. But then somebody wrote about it, and, and I was not even planning to open for another year. And then that unfolded. And then. When I wasn't even planning for open for to open for a year, then it unfolds as well. Is he going to open? And then you have the pressure of that on top of worrying about all the other stuff, and it just doesn't unfold. I mean, it never works out the way you plan it to. So, so let, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, obviously the the air cleaners and, and some of that come in. I mean, what you had originally seemed like a perfectly logical build, and and you compare that to being out in the city or out of the city where you can build pretty much anything. Um, I mean, you had to invest in, in the air scrubbers, right? I mean, the, air, the ventilation yeah. system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah. It's so, yeah. I'm sorry, it's so fucking stupid. But, I mean, I, we, health department, that's, that's... You've got to play by their rules, yeah, and you, yeah. sometimes you don't even know what their rules the, are. Well, the, the only problem we've, is... We've heard is from you, so many you people. Get, you give a different person for everything. Right. Instead of getting one person for everything, like, even for, for inspections, for monthly health inspections if you just send the same person so you know what to fix versus sending a different person every time and then yeah, it's a something every single every time. time yeah and it's like signage silly stuff no smoking signs on the door that you know should have been done prior to opening but we got opening inspection everything went the way it was supposed to hey do this do this everything's done everything's checked off and everything's good so we're rolling you know and then a month later hey you got to do a b c and d and we're like why what changed? And I mean, I mean, we, we hear is, it, you know, Zaid and, and Jim Buchanan, John, John Miller, and and uh, Hurtado as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, so pretty much anyone that's tried to open in the last two three years has had at least one horror story of something yeah. that's gone completely. I goofy. think what rubbed me the most, rubbed me wrong the most was um, our second health inspection after we've been open. We won't even talk about how the city was here on a weekly basis when we opened for Lord knows who who was calling or what was going on or if they just wanted to really check up on us but they were literally here once a week just to pop in nowhere else in Houston and no offense but I guarantee you Corey keeps everybody in line that's you're not going to find a cleaner kitchen in this you're not going to find Houston. a cleaner restaurant than this <laughs> restaurant I mean it, it is insane how everything is always I mean everyone talks about mise en place everything in its place everything in this building is in its place from when you walk through the counter to go through the cutting line the drink stations everything and this is one of the 
most well-oiled machines in terms of restaurant operation and we go to a lot of freaking restaurants yeah. but it's it, it is it's a testament to, to Corey and and the staff that you guys have in place that have really enforced this you know wanting everything to be its best look its best feel its best for the customer yeah. experience but not to get off topic but the, the thing that rubbed me the, the most wrong or however you want to say it uh, our second health inspection the city of Houston came in to inspect the uh, the vent hoods and she literally looked back there in the pit room she goes honey why do you have all these vent hoods back here this is overkill <laughs> and I said you're kidding me right this is, I, I literally asked her if it was a joke she goes no honey what do you need all these for I said you guys made us put it put these in here she goes are you kidding me she was like well they work I was like no shit they work there's 14 of them back there even if one of them was out everything would work but it's like you get a different person right one person sees it different than everybody else and there's no and, and there's, there's some no confusion right or, there's no right or wrong yeah so and they're not all bad no. like well, these guys some are, of it's just they're confusion nice when they come because in they're not used to yeah. those type of machines I mean that, that but, type of work but when I open when we open this place I had gone through and I was like this is how they work the safest way to do it is like this, this, and this, because you don't have any exposed fire, blah, blah. We even offered to do it like pit room and put the firebox outside the door and the smoke stacks through the ceiling. There's no grease-borne vapors, whatever. They didn't have it. And, and it's kind of interesting because as we go through the country, and especially like with Whole Hog, yeah. I mean, some of those places, I mean, not making fun, but some of those places catch fire every year. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, we've talked to people. Well, their that, entire pit uh, room is kindling. Like, right. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a recipe for fires. Yeah. But, and it's part of, and I think Houston is unique in that. Houston in the 90s, early 2000s, was very much automated barbecue. You had a lot of rotisseries, gas-fired things. So now, the last five years where you've started to see more offset cooking go, coming yeah. into the city, I think the health department's slow to catch up on what exactly it is, how it operates, why it is safe. Well, what sucks is like when I was down at the, the, the health department at one of the original times and I was explaining to him why we didn't need vent hoods, some of these guys, I mean, I hope they don't listen to this, but some of them don't fucking care. They just want things done a certain way. And he was like, yeah, we're trying to get rid of uh, brick pizza ovens. We, we've heard that in other be, cities too. Yeah, because. Yeah, the pores in the granite can collect germs. I'm like, those pizza ovens burn at 1,200 degrees. There's nothing. They've been doing it in Italy for centuries. Any, any germ is dead. He, he yeah. was like, well, it's not up to them anymore. They, they literally don't care. They just want to go by the book, and that's it. They don't care to I learn mean, something. We've had new. one gentleman, I don't remember his name, but he came in with his camera without being unannounced, came in the back doors, taking pictures, and going through the kitchen, and we're basically like, who are you and what are you doing? He's like... And basically just ran out the door. That was Jimmy And Ho. was report, <laughs> reporting stuff. And I'm like, there's nothing to report. Find something, please. Please find something. And we've had people. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Well, we've had the, the health department with the, what, what, what group is it where they come and test the air? Because people call yeah, because they said that. The neighbors saying, black smoke, our whole house is nothing to smoke. We had to buy clothes weekly, just That's silly ridiculous. stuff. And. You know, we're like, we're... They should have just sold turkey legs. You wouldn't have to follow yeah. any rules. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like Austin where they complained about Terry Black's. Yeah. But the, the restaurant that was there originally was a, a flame burger joint that yeah. had the flame burger 
pipes that came through the ceiling. I love and that everything. smell. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but that was there before. Right. You know, that was there before a lot of the houses, or at least Ugh. the current owners. Um, one of one of the things about the vent hoods, and, and I promise we'll get off of the vent hoods. But but as a layman, it was very interesting how it affected the airflow in the cook, and and I mean some of the things that you've had to do to kind of adjust for that and then I think like you said you finally got it to where you're happy with it but initially there was a lot of work trying to get that yeah. to, to flow the way you were used to it yeah we feel yeah. was a big learning curve that was probably the biggest learning curve go up in this restaurant not getting the people here not the staff it was that pit room is like a lab back there those pits are designed to be outside so they can breathe not in a more controlled. Those things run 250 runs like 285. Like it, it's just, it's a little bit different because it's so controlled back there. There's no wind, there's no humidity. I mean, there's a little bit because we leave the doors and the windows open to kind of recreate that, that uh, atmosphere of being on the outside. I didn't, want it, I didn't want it to be enclosed like that. The city made me. And when people see the pit room, they're like, oh, that's great. You don't have to deal with it. The, the the weather conditions blah blah I'm like it looks great I'm like but don't do it because they're just they're not made to they're not made to be in that kind of environment we won't give away any secrets but extreme makeover truth edition <laughs> <laughs> it's happened you know, times. <laughs> and Leonard was really stressed out for a long time I mean this guy's oh yeah you think cooks some fantastic stuff I mean you know I know what he's capable of and he was Freaking racking his head and sleepless nights that we saw. And, and I'm mean, like, we could, what we could is going see. on? Yeah. And you know, just it took me just saying, hey, it's gonna work out. We're gonna figure this out. Hang in there. I went through a whole mad science. Don't give up. But he was face. But I mean, but again, it's what's interesting. You know, for those of us that are cooking, it, there's so much more to it than yeah. just throwing some pits up. Yeah. I mean, something something that seems pretty benign. To where you're in control of the environment yeah. made it harder. And I'm like, I'm. I've told the guys in the back. I'm like, listen, don't change anything. This is good. I was, bourbon. <laughs> I was like, don't don't change anything. I was like, the reason that you need to use this formula or what we've worked on is because I fucked up enough brisket to know. Like, it's not because I think that I know it's the right way. Just I've learned from my mistakes, and that's what it takes to cook good brisket. You got to burn a bunch of them up. And it was hard going from, uh, you know, Brenham, amazing brisket all the time. It was like one, one pit clockwork, you know. same thing over and over again. Now you got five pits in a different environment. They all work a little bit different, even though the same specs and it'll start to mess with you. You'll stay up at night trying to figure it out. But what sucks about barbecue is those brisket cooks are 12 to 16 hours. You can't just do it. So you got to wait for the next day, and the next day, and the next day. That'll start to take a toll on you. That's a big learning curve, and that was probably my hardest thing opening this place. It's just yeah, because when we opened, you know, it was we had a lot of great compass. It looks like you guys have been doing this forever. I mean, this place, you know, and you know that's kind of natural being around high volume places and yeah. places I work. We're like, you know, we're like the duck on the surface, you know, but underneath we're like, goddamn, we got to figure this out. <laughs> You know, and just little stuff, but mainly that stuff right there, that stuff that, you know, he's always had control of to just have to do this because we got all these damn fans and it's inside, just a totally different environment. That's, that, yeah. 
And there's so many more. I mean, just the volume of the meat yeah. and the consistency of the product that you're getting. I've never so seen much more difficult. throw away so many briskets in my life. It was stressing me out. Food cost-wise, and, you know, we, we're dialing stuff in. But it, I was like, I mean, he's like, I'm not serving that. There was times that you said the brisket was great, and yeah. I was like, it looked like shit. Well, I, was, I told you that. I, I told you I was not happy with it. And I know these guys in the pit room, they get frustrated as hell with me. I'm like, but we're better than this. I was like, well, it speaks to why this place is so good and has always been so good, whether it was in Brenham and now, is you, and I, t- I think I told you this when we'd go back and forth about it, is 99% of the people that are eating this food thinks it think it's some of the best food they've ever eaten. Yeah. But you know how good it can be. Yeah. And that's why when it's not at that level, it drives you crazy. Yeah. And, and I mean, how many restaurants throw out they're one of their most expensive products and you know that's it goes a lot and we know that happened a lot in the beginning and we saw it in your face and yeah. <laughs> you know it was almost like I said it was kind of an inside joke sometimes but but it wasn't funny because we saw the the struggle as you as you tried to get everything in control and it's it's interesting again from the outside it's not as simple as just increasing the number of pits or increasing the capacity uh-huh. I, I, Along with the pits, do they? I've all, I've also heard this from many pit builders. Do the pits cook differently? Yeah, there's I mean, each, even four, though they're built identical. Yeah, number the the fourth pit back there, I cannot stand a cook brisket. I won't cook brisket on that pit. I personally won't. Uh, some of the guys will. That Reed loves to cook ribs on that thing. That thing runs hot all day long. I have no idea why. It it just likes to run hot. It'll cook some great beef ribs though, but I mean. They're all the same. One's different than the other. Pit five will load an hour before two, three, one. They'll wrap it up two hours before be be done. Two hours before all the other ones. And I'll put the briskets next to each other. You can tell the difference off of which pit. No idea why. Tastes the same. Same amount of smoke. Whatever. We've got to say that this uh, th- this episode is sponsored by Corey's wonderful bourbon obsession. Um, Got, got to give a shout out to Corey here, and, and we will have Corey on to talk about some bourbon here in the very near future. Uh, he's he's been generous enough to bring us some uh, eight row Flint store pick, uh, Old Weller Antique, and some twelve year Willet, uh, hundred and twenty point four proof. Corey, you want to expand on any, what any of these are? Um, good, just, just good <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a lot of guys that I've met in the city. Just I've been doing bourbon, I guess, since two thousand sixteen. And because we don't have a liquor license except for beer wine, you know, I allow those guys to kind of bring in bottles. And so we'll do bottle shares and stuff here from time to time. We have a nice private room, which is actually the room we're in right now. And I don't advertise, hey, bring all this stuff in. But if you're friends of mine and you know me and you're coming in and spending money, we um, we partake in quite a bit of bourbon. <laughs> so I had a friend of mine, Bert, come by yesterday and um, dropped off a bunch of samples and they had six or seven bottles here and so he's two ounces of this this there here take this bottle take this bottle here so we always have something in the office and so you know when I say you guys come in I'm like hey there they are let's have That's a drink definitely an education <laughs> well and you guys have done some really cool events here that have involved bourbon as well obviously the uh, the event that you did for uh, Brian Furman and Beast Crackling last year that had Four Roses was a sponsor That's right. There's Nick Talmantes, a good friend of ours, and helped us out on a lot of events and great products. And so we kind of 
like to take care of the guys who take care of us, but you know, there's a lot of great bourbon bars in the area, you know, Poison Girl, you know, a lot of people go to Eight Row Flint, they do a lot of really good store picks. Um, we've got some pretty good connections to specs down the street, you know, it's amazing what, you know, good barbecue will do for you. <laughs> we kind of get a, some of the rare stuff that a lot of people don't get, and so we, we enjoy it. But, but if you come in and ask for bourbon, you will get the same death stare as when you ask for burn ends, so yes, don't do yes, it. Yes. <laughs> now, while we're talking about, about um, liquids that are aged, let's kind of talk about some of the new items on your menu that, that you guys have done since coming here. And the first one is, is the hot sauce. Um, you guys are fermenting that in-house, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and that, was that, I mean, how difficult is that? Is that something that, again, you knocked the recipe out pretty easily, or is that something that took some time to dial in? No. I think we still have a batch of the uh, uh, my father's reserve bottle that he made originally in Burnham. I think it's in the office. I think there's a couple of bottles. <laughs> now we just wanted like a like a Louisiana style hot sauce just to go with greens. We had so many people asking for hot sauce with greens. We have we even have um, uh, pepper sauce. Pepper sauce. Nobody knows about. You just gotta ask for yeah. it. But people ask for hey yeah pepper sauce is. Yes, we did. With just the, the yeah. vinegar and the, yeah. the peppers, yeah. How the heck did we not know this? I know. How many times have we been here? Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, uh, and then some, one of our favorite sauces in barbecue is the mustard sauce that yeah. I know started to come in uh, right before this place opened. It was in Brenham, and, yeah. and now it's on every table here. Yeah. That, it's just an awesome, awesome sauce. What, what was the brainchild behind that, or what was the inspiration behind that? Uh, me and my father and... Um, Corey took a trip before we opened here and did barbecue in Carolinas, Elliot Moss. And I texted Elliot and I was like, hey, you got a good base recipe for this this, uh, this sauce? And he was like, because I've never made mustard sauce and I, frankly, I, I didn't know what good, a great mustard sauce was before I had it over, over in Carolinas and I fell in love with his. And if you've ever met Elliot before, he's a character and he was like well see what had happened was um my publicist for the my cookbook uh i was getting behind on time and all those recipes are authentic he was like that's the one from the the this the what we serve at buxton hall in my cookbook and i was like you're kidding me he's like no that's it he was like so so i kind of played around as a good base recipe and kind of created our own off of that flavor profile and we it is, we worked on it for a while. It's a really damn yeah, good sauce. Like, I mean, the grain mustard, it, it's got enough of a, I hate to use the word hipster because we're talking about Elliot Moss anyway, but uh, it's got... It's <laughs> we got, love Elliot. It, it's, it, it harkens back to the classic stuff like the Luling uh, mustard sauce, but it, it brings it into the, the yeah. current times. I mean, yeah. It's a really yeah. nice crossover. Yeah. And we should mention while we're talking about it, uh, Elliot and Buxton Hall are throwing a just an insane barbecue event in May that Leonard's going to be a part of and... Pretty much anyone else in barbecue is going to be a part of uh, the Bucks and Hall Smoke Show. That's May 17th. Sure. I'll edit that out. Yeah, if, if anyone gets a chance to go, go. That, that place is amazing. Yes. That little city is amazing. Uh, beautiful building. Fantastic space. It's, it's, it's going to be incredible. It's, it's an incredible. I'll be here. Old, old roller rink from uh, 1900s yeah, or 1800s. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, amazing, no. amazing space. But yeah, I mean. Uh, and, and ask Elliot about the the ghost and it being haunted because he'll tell you a pretty good story you know it's got a really cool basement and stuff and i guess he tried to live down there for a while and, <laughs> oh, and no. he, i guess he couldn't take it 
Wow. He's a scaredy cat or something, but he was kind of, it was a funny, cool story. <laughs> but yeah, you, you asked some of the employees, they're like, no, no, there's no such thing. And you can tell that they've heard stuff in there before. <laughs> but yes, if you get a chance to go to that event, Leonard's there, um, Elliot's there, Sam Jones, Pat Martin, uh, Brian Furman, Matt Horn, everyone, everyone, everyone. It's, it's going to be an awesome event. So if you're in the Asheville area or have the ability to be in the Asheville area around that time, um, definitely go. And it's an incredibly well-priced event too. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, Anything else coming up this year? Windy City? You're going to come back? Windy City, yeah. Oh, that's my favorite event. I I think that's my favorite now. Corn. Corn, Minus the corn. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, uh, Red Dirt. Red Dirt. You guys doing Red Dirt? Yeah. So there's quite a bit, quite a bit of opportunity to see these guys outside of Houston and Brenham. Yeah, tons of chances to to get a taste of truth barbecue outside of Houston or Brenham these days, which is really awesome. If you for whatever reason can't get here, but of course if you can, Brenham's still open Friday through Sunday. Um, still an awesome visit just to go to the original location, see the the you know the original building and the foods just as amazing as it is here. Um, or you can come to this beautiful building in the Heights, and the line is one of the fastest-moving barbecue lines that I've ever seen. Um, to some people. To, <laughs> yeah. To anyone that's actually stood in it and taken the time. It's people that, been in the people that understand barbecue. Yeah. I mean, I mean you guys it. in Corkscrew, and, and some of it's because you have more than one cutter yeah. on, on the boards. but and which Multiple is cutters, multiple registers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that really all, makes sense. Every line is different. I mean, you guys have been in lines. You've heard of some of the stuff people ask when they get up there. Oh, yes. I mean, it's an experience. Some people have never been. They're going to ask a ton of questions, and you can't move those people very fast. You know, we're pretty good. And the guys that are up there, Leonard, you know, and Cole's up there, and Daydream, that have been doing that for a while, they can move them along. But, you know, guys that were haven't had that experience they're kind of just stuck there answering questions and stuff and you know instead of kind of guiding them where they need to be so it's different it's yeah. it's i would say it's fast but just if you don't understand how it works you're just not going to get it yeah, for not, barbecue it's it's lightning fast not to get off subject but you know it's harder than trading somebody to cook it's training somebody how to cook cut properly and somebody who looks at food the same way that I do and Cole and Deja do a good yeah, you get job. kind of creepy yeah. looking at yeah. food we've watched <laughs> but well, no I mean we've noticed that since absolute day day uh, one yeah I mean yeah, the, the plating at truth it matches the quality of the food and, and uh, every, you know and it's one of the best things you can say about a barbecue joint is I can look at a picture and not see a caption and I know if it's your food yeah you know and it's and it's because you take such care in how it's cut how it's presented and, and you know if someone's taking how that it's cut. arranged yeah. I mean even even yeah. you know the way you stack the meats or, or, or place the meats across the tray I mean that's intentional well it's not even that those guys they will go back in the pit room and they will climb up somebody's ass they're like I'm not I'm not cutting this you better fix it and they like they they are as passionate as the guys talking cooking about like it, so. like rub distribution and things like that or anything if it doesn't look right if the ribs like if the color is not right on the ribs if the seasoning is not right on some, like on top of something when you've that's seen not enough even, when you're not seen when you've seen enough these yeah, guys you, are looking on know. instagram and they're like that looks like shit that was done wrong i, I and it's just by osmosis right. it's because i they they know what i like and now they know what they like which is along the same lines and it's kind of cool to see those guys grow with the progression yeah Yeah. that's one thing we definitely have to point out as well the truth houston menu has expanded from what brenham you know serves you can get 10 sides i saw today 
10. 10 different sides, yeah. which is just you know really impressive. Uh, the, the cake lineup is larger in Houston than it is in Brenham, I believe. Um, and you guys are starting to tinker around with some different ideas and specials and stuff. Yeah. I know there's been gumbo on the menu. Yeah. Um, we should have pastrami on Tuesday. That reminds me, i got to pull it out of the brine today. <laughs> so. So yes, there's true pastrami now. There's been boudin. We just, just want to eat stuff that's different. So I'm like, Leonard, what can we do different? I'm, I want to try something different. Sometimes you get burned out and it's just, you don't want to get, you can't get rid of the, you don't want to get crazy with it, but you, and you can't get away from, away from the Trinity. Yeah. Because people's heads will explode, which I don't blame them. Like if you want to cook and to get a good size brisket, that's what you came for. You're not coming to get some crazy burn ends. Yeah, which don't, I, which don't make sausage with Topo Chico. Yeah, oh yeah, we did. That. We made that mistake <laughs> once. That was stupid. Uh, no, it's just now that we're finally, I, I, people well, don't realize how big of an undertaking this restaurant was, and it's still, it, it takes some places don't even even out for like two, three years until they can start coasting. But now we're finally being able to, we're comfortable enough to where we can do some other stuff. And it's interesting to see if you if you're able to come in on one of the days that they're doing one of the specials. It's it's definitely worth trying, if, especially if you've been here a number of times. And you okay, I've had the brisket here ten times. I know it's great. Try the pastrami this time. The we just had something new today. Yes, the uh, the brownies that are yeah, they were out of the pecan bar that are kind of insane. They're it's a chocolate chip cookie with an Oreo and yeah, a brownie. Yeah, chocolate chip cookie dough on the bottom, Oreos, and then um, two different types of Ghirardelli um, chocolate to make the brownie. And we just wanted something. People were saying, hey, we want something quick that we can just take with us. We don't have time for you know, all this. That's a big, huge slice of cake. So we're like, hey. Someone okay. was complaining about the cake. Yeah, I said it's too big. <laughs> well, now, now, I've never heard that in my life until they said that, you know, but it's too big. You know? my, my favorite was a couple of weeks ago. Can I get a center cut beef rib? Okay, I'll cut the two ends off for you. Yeah, that one's too big. <laughs> I literally just cut through a whole rack. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I won't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the pecan bars was another one, um, and then and then some of the new sides. I mean, so it's great that you could come here and and get the things that you know. If you've been hanging around for five years, you can get some of the stuff that you're used to with Truth. You can get some Tater of the stuff to try out new. Yeah, it's hard. That's another thing that's hard to steer away from the classic stuff because we're in Houston. It's a giant airport hub. People come literally with their suitcases. They get off the plane. They come here. Uh, and you're not close to the airport. No. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're about equally dis- equidistant yeah. from both. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Truth is one of the best barbecue joints in Texas, and has been for a long time. And the Houston location is such a great extension of what started in Brenham. You know, we we look forward to the 18 other restaurants are going to open over the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's going to manage all of them. Oh God. <laughs> Well, well, we'll let you guys go because it's uh, finally the end of a very long week and, and you might actually get some rest. Yeah, and we're, we're tired because we're so full. Uh, yeah, we're tired from eating. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, it's great stuff, problem. though. It, it's great to come here, it, and admittedly, it's been a couple months, I think, since I've been. Yeah, it's been a while. And, I've and, seen Andrew. Andrew pops in here yeah. silently. Well, yeah. he works yeah. not too far Yeah, away, I can so. sneak in for a lunch. Yeah. Usually about once a month I'm able to sneak in for a yeah. lunch. I've been capped into my cube, um, captive to my cube at work for a while. Um but, but, you know, we always have high expectations, and it, it gets frustrating because that's not fair. Yeah. You know, it's the same problem with Franklin and other places, too. But, um, I mean, you, you, you met them exactly. I mean, the barbecue is as great as it's always been. The new items, and we tried the Brussels sprouts. Um, I know Andrew's had them, but I, I tried the Brussels sprouts. 
the damn brownie is ridiculous. Um, you know, I, I, I love the fact that you guys continue to innovate and continue to play around, but yet aren't getting too crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're one of the big barbecue fans, there's about a 90% chance you're going to run into someone you know here pretty much every time you come, whether that's Packy or, or Tom or, or someone you know or Joey. or you, You'll always run into somebody you know here because it, there's a reason why we all come here. It's, it's great barbecue. So. Can you sing the, the Cheers theme? No, I, I, I <laughs> don't want to go. It's kind of funny. They all name. run into each other at the same time. I don't know if they're calling each other. Or they're just like, <laughs> no, I, I ran into Tom here last time I was here completely, and I'd run into him at Ragel's two days before. And so two days later, I'm, I'm in line of truth, and there he is. He was there for the gumbo that day, and that was exactly what I was there for, That's too. Funny. Yeah. You know, he, he gets around, I'll just say that, just a little. Yeah. You know, before I <laughs> took on this mission, you know, I I was doing the same thing. You were one of the most prolific barbecue as, eaters you know, I was, we knew. Yeah. I was everywhere trying to, you know, it was just great. Everybody was doing something so different. And, you know, that's kind of how I hooked up with Leonard. Just I heard he, he was doing barbecue. I was like, what? There's no way. You know, Corey hated my ribs and, <laughs> when, we first, when we first met. And, I, and it's a true story. You know, and I said it, what, what ribs it could did you be think, better. What, what ribs were you comparing them to at the time? Do you remember? You know. Law Barbecue yeah. has always been one of my favorite ribs. Um, I mean, it, his ribs were not terrible, but they were just not where they needed to be. And I, and I worked for his dad in his restaurant, so he was a little kid. And I remember carrying him around on my shoulders. <laughs> and, and so I knew what he was capable of. And Leonard's always taken criticism well, and he, because he always wants to be better. And, so I would just say, hey, I would try this and that, and I just think you can do better because there's better out there. And I'll be damned, you know, every time I come in, he'd put it in my face, go, here, walk in, here's a cold <laughs> beer, try this. And, and it got better. I mean, that, but, that but attitude, I would always challenge him because, it takes. because yeah. if, you're, if I challenged him, he would do great. And I was like, man, this guy is, is, is really, really good. And, you know, just... The buy-in, his passion, his dad's passion, I mean, everybody in the whole family, I mean, that's what got me here. And so, you know, when you talk about people like Packy and Tom that do all this stuff, I know it's fun. Just going out and meeting the people, talking to the people in the lines, just the storytelling, just, you know, just drinking bourbon or whatever and just doing your thing. It was just really, really cool. So Literally why I, we started this podcast. I know why, why <laughs> yeah. those guys do that. And it's fun to see those people out and see those guys here because, you know, they can go anywhere and they are going places. And yet they're still coming back here and they're still doing their Instagram and their pictures. And, you know, I was kind of doing all that stuff now. Now I'm just like a, scrolling through and 90% of my stuff's bourbon and, and family at this point. But... You know, it's just not what's important to me anymore. Um, so we have another family to build. <laughs> well, and it, it's yeah. great. And it, and it, it's it, it was great to see Corey come here. You know, it was. Um, well, we lost a lot of ribs that day, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it was it was great to see him on the road, um, especially a, early on. Nice cut. It is a piss Leonard off too when people come in <laughs> and they say these ribs are so damn good, and I'm like, tell him, <laughs> and he's like, God. Yeah, those those ribs would not be here today. I mean, the ribs the way they are today would not be there, the way they are today, if it wasn't for that. Well, we we commented. I mean, they're just to kind of talk about them a little bit. I mean, they're of course they're spare ribs, which are the only ribs you should be cooking. But um, but yeah, we are very anti St. Louis. That's <laughs> okay. But you know, between the seasoning and and just a hint of sweetness, they're not overly sweet. 
they're not overly dry. I mean, it, it really is, it, it's a unique rib. I mean, there's a lot of ribs that are very similar and these are, these are just different enough that it, it's definitely something unique to truth. Yeah, I think everyone's starting to skew more towards the sweet side on ribs, like competition style almost. Um, and to me, it's exactly like you can still taste the pepper, you can see the pepper, but you do get a hint of the sauce that's cooked on the rib. It's not just a glop of sauce that's thrown on at the very end. It seems so simple, but ribs are actually pretty hard that's to get right. Thing. I well, there's a narrow hard. window, and, yeah, I, I, mean, you I, and I, I talked talk about, about that. that. I've yeah. eaten them all over, and I have probably four or five places that I just love the ribs. But, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's just so hard to get right. But when you get it right, it's like, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. You well, know? and even that was our, our, you know, can we talk about it? Because I know we talk about it like every third episode. <laughs> in, in Luling, I mean, when their ribs are on, Those are good ribs. They're, they're magical. And, yeah. and they're, they're direct heat. They're not sauced. But in the last couple of times, they've been sauced and they, they weren't held right or just yeah. weren't fresh. I don't know. But it, it's such a narrow window of, of good to average to bad. You know, it, it's, and, and all that matters. Like I said, being held right. I mean, sausage. If sausage is not held right at the right temperature, you're going to serve an inferior product. Yeah. And it took me mess, yeah. kind of getting in and learning that myself from doing it. Because, you know, one day someone said sausage wasn't great. And we looked and... It's because we tried to hold it totally different. I was like, that was just terrible. Now I know why this was terrible at, you know, this place I was just at. And, you know, it was just a little simple things like that. They're kind of like, oh, snap. And so, you know, that's why we do things a certain way. And people obviously do it. But it, I had no idea that that's the reason that the sausage was bad. Yeah. You know, but it makes a difference. We're so more like, this place has got us so more, much more in tune it's, uh, it's almost obsessive like I was in Brenham yesterday and I texted Corey I said send me a picture of whatever's on the block right now <laughs> and we never got it we graded it from A to F this B this B but I mean we don't sugarcoat it you know Leonard always said you guys run this place like it's yours if this was your restaurant and you were cooking this would you have done that would you have served that would you have done this wrong different and you know I think that challenges everybody kind of puts that perspective in their mind oh I never thought about it like that this guy I'm like it's not just my restaurant you guys work here too people look at you the same way especially the guys in the pit room and I well, think that and, makes and you a gotta big be serving difference the, the same quality of product the minute you open right. as to the minute you decide yeah, right. to yeah. stop selling and you know we, we talked about the mac and cheese today and the efforts that you're going to to make sure that that's the same consistency throughout the day and that's it's a great sign to see from somebody, but it, it, you know, we expect that. Yeah. You know, I, and Andrew's been big on that for places that are open in the evening. He doesn't give slack to anybody that's open later. If you're selling the food, it should be just as good yeah. as, as when you started selling it. Yeah. And, that, and that's not easy. Yeah. Well, and I think, and I think Leonard's talked about this before. Part of the reason that it's an open pit room is there's no secrets. You see everything. But, yeah. You know, from a customer standpoint, is it's all right there for you to see how you know you'll see the guys trimming briskets over there, you know, seasoning, you know, getting things on the pit, off the pit, and it's it's a really cool experience for the customer. I mean, not everyone's going to care about as much as nerds like us do. You know, not everyone's going to be like, oh, oh, what's that over there? But you know, but it is. But even even for the the you know the casual barbecue fan, I think it's a really cool experience to get to see a little behind the curtain you don't get to see everywhere. And if you just ask nicely enough, they'll take you back there. <laughs> and, and maybe put you to work. That's what happened with Corey. <laughs> now, uh, but it, guys, it's a great thing you guys are doing here. It's great that you've been able to capture what you did from, the, from Brenham, which was really a magical spot. 
in a magical time in barbecue. I mean, 2015, 2016, in our opinion, was, was just the peak of Texas barbecue and how exciting it was as places opened up. And so it's hard to, to continue to build on that. Um, and you guys did here, and uh, it, it's great to come back. It's great to have the food it, it be just as good as, as we always remember it and then have some new, new things on top of that. It's always good. Yeah, so we're looking forward to the next five years of truth. You know, you're about five years in, and you know, we'll see what happens in year 10. Well, just to anybody that's doing what we're doing, keep it up. Just do what you're doing. This is hard work. It's not for everybody. Um, those that are doing it very well, just congratulations. Keep doing what you're doing. And it, it's a fantastic industry. It's tough, but um, people really appreciate it. So, you know, I just want to say to people, you know, that are not at truth, keep doing what you're doing. It's tough. Guys like you that do these podcasts and do stuff like that, they just bring stuff to kind of to light, to kind of let people showcase what they're doing and talk about our lives on a daily basis. I mean, we appreciate stuff like that. I mean, it's huge. So hats off to you guys as well. And plus, the more the merrier. The more barbecue restaurants, the more it's more fun. Yep. And, and I like the competition. I mean, like I said, competition breeds these new things that you guys are doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's not even competition in terms of like, oh, I've got to be better no, than that no. guy. But, but I think the more good places you have, that the complacency doesn't set in. So. No, and then it drives you to be as good as the other person. And there's, so there's no... There's no room for slack. I mean, when there's there's a new barbecue place coming in every other day, that's good. All right, we've All right, got another uh, bottle of bourbon that we're going to open out. So <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap this up so we can unwrap that. All right, we'll talk with you next time.